Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, I'm Matt Kelly. And I'm Matt Dancona. And this is The Two Mats for the week ending Friday the 9th of February. The podcast brought to you from the brilliant New European newspaper. What did we talk about this week, Matt? Well, we majored on Keir Starmer's Big U-turn on we did, green yeah. spending. And then we talked a bit about the Super Bowl, which we're very excited yeah, about. Yeah, that was great. And, was. and we didn't let the occasion pass to, to have a go at Rishi Sunak a little and bit. his at appalling behaviour in the Hog Commons on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. No longer surprising, but still oh, shocking. So boring, isn't it? Terrible. Anyway, the podcast's not boring. The podcast is scintillating. What, it, what? it fizzes. It does fizz. Yeah. Right from the much like the, Much like the planet these days. Yes, indeed, <laughs> indeed. All right, so what are we going to call it? Um, well, it's something to do with trust and counting on Keir. And, uh, there we go, you've got it. Uh, can, we, can we count on Keir? Can we count on Keir? Alliteration City. Are us. Okay, so this is The Two Mats, episode 32. Can we count on Keir? Enjoy. Enjoy. So, Matt, what are we talking about this week? Well, uh, we're recording this on Thursday, as we always do, and at some point unknown, Keir Starmer and Rachel Reeves, we believe, are going to announce the final ditching Probably the most... of the £28 billion a year climate investment yeah. pledge, which has been a subject of great controversy and dodging and diving, really. Should we give it some context? I mean, why, what is it and why, why has it come to such an important well, head? To give it a taste of what will sort of inform our conversation, should we have clip from last night's news night where John McTernan, Tony Blair's political secretary, who has been quite friendly to Starmer, as you can imagine, uh, given his past roles, was extremely uncomplimentary about yeah. this. Yeah. If we can have if, uh, producer Ollie can give us a blast of that. Probably the most stupid decision the Labour Party's made. What would Tony Blair have done? I don't really care what Tony Blair would have done because Tony was the leader in the 20th century. Keir's going to be Prime Minister in the, fir- the second quarter of the 21st century. This is a decision that we have to make now to decarbonise our economy. And it's one which stands for a purpose, a great purpose, a grand purpose. Great parties have great causes. If you don't have a great cause, you want to change from this government, sure, but change to what? What's, what's the change Labour now offers? Great. And Barry Gardner also absolutely way Laying it on the Today programme. I mean, and he called it political incompetence. Yeah, and what's interesting is that you've got, you've got the whole spectrum. So Barry Gardner, close ally of Jeremy Corbyn, you know. But John, John McTernan, you know, is a rock-hard Blairite. John's very, very 
damning verdict on this yeah. cannot be dismissed as Corbynite outriders yeah. just sniping at Starmer. It's, I, I was fascinated by that. And and for people who who aren't following this as forensically as we might be, this this was a reaction, or, or it's said to have been a reaction to a by-election loss in Hartlepool, wasn't it? When well, Keir the, lost a, a seat the, the, to the, Boris the, Johnson. There's a whole series of iterations of this policy. It, it it's announced the party conference in 2021 by Rachel Reeves, Shadow Chancellor. And it's it's really given some welly, uh, £28 billion a year investment in green tech. And there had been discussions at that point about making Labour's logo green. You know, it was going to be the big, you know, idea. And she said, I will be Britain's first green chancellor. Then last year in June, Reeves watered that down to say that the £28 billion a year would only be applicable in the second half of after a couple of years of in, them in power. In, of Labour yeah. being in power in parliamentary yeah. term. But in the month since June, you have watched a kind of slow and, and, and very, very undesirable sort of erosion. It's the worst possible way to get to where they've got, where people on the Labour front bench have slowly resiled from this. And the reason is... That's a good word. Resiled. Resiled. This is what this is what a top education gets you. Well, I think it's just like too much time on thesaurus. Right? <laughs> yeah. But so so the, the, the backdrop is, is that Reeves and Starmer are united in an absolute determination not to seem in any way fiscally incautious. The fiscal position is getting very bad. Yeah. And Labour's self-imposed fiscal rules mean that public debt as a proportion of GDP must be falling after five years. And they just don't believe that they can reconcile the two ambitions yes and fiscal rules have won now there's lots to say about this i mean one is that it's kind of depressing that in the last few months both of the main party leaders have stepped back from green targets you know and we should we should add as well because this today is the day that we just found out that we've had a full year of being above 1.5 degrees yes warming collect uh, data collected by the european union's copernicus climate change service and you know that's still just about within the paris agreement guidelines but hardly yeah, a but good this sign. shit is real and uh, it's, it's real and imminent present danger yeah, it's yeah, happening yeah, you know yeah. it is it is uh, you know that overused yeah. words it is existential we have to yeah. take a decision as a species as well as a yeah. nation not speak of a party you know so sunak famously uh stepped back from some of the net zero targets in september big speech and we talked about it at the time and now you have starmer stepping back from this mm. and I haven't heard, obviously, we're, we're, we're unsighted of the actual speech, but the briefing has been that he will not step back from some of the specifics in the plan and that the general trajectory will remain green. But the key is is the £28 billion the number, figure. Yeah. And it, I, I called someone, you know, reasonably high up in, in Labour early this morning. And it's interesting just to put it in context, which is, this generation of Labour politicians were absolutely formed by 1997 and New Labour and all that. But they were also formed by 1992, yeah. some more than others. And they have a terrible folklore memory of thinking they were going to win the election. And then if you remember, John Smith and the Shadow Chancellor, it, the, the, the Tories do an attack poster, famous attack poster, Labour's tax bombshell, yeah. saying that 
the Labour, a Labour government under Kinnock would mean increases for, of more than £1,000 to the average voter. Figures plucked from the air, but it was beginning to stick. This is why there's worry now. Smith responded with a detailed shadow budget six days into the campaign saying there's going to be an increase in the top rate of tax from 40% to 50% and removal of some national insurance contributions. And that gave the Tories the figures they needed to just pound away at tax. So this person I was talking to this morning said the problem in all of this was the figure, the figure, the figure, £28 billion. This person said, it's the integer, stupid, which I thought was a very funny, but also sort of slightly grim way of putting it. That's what they're trying to to do, is pay a price now for being accused of flip-flopping, inconsistency, lack of audacity, lack of vision, in order that come the election, the Tories can't run a series of attack ads saying, this will cost you £28 quid in extra borrowing you the electorate it's a hyper cautious strategic decision do you think that i mean best case it seems to me is that it's massive communications naivety about how this was going to play out in the in you know in this 48 hour period because to to drip it out that we're going to can it and then to make a speech later on presumably to recover some ground but the ground's already gone and the story now is is that labor have dumped their green credentials their yes. green ambition and we've talked over and over again in this podcast and in the new european saying what this country desperately needs is a sense of purpose and a sense of mission and here it was and now it looks like it's 100%. gone 100% and it you know it is worth mentioning that as recently as this week starmer was using the 28 billion pound figure yeah in an interview with times radio yeah so right up to the last it was fudged and not clear yeah and i think that it's it's true to say that there's been a considerable internal power struggle over this and between who well i I think broadly speaking on the one hand rachel reeves versus ed Miliband, and rachel reeves being supported by uh, morgan mcsweeney who's probably starmer's closest or most important advisor and if they win he'll be someone we'll be talking about all the time yes uh, because he's you know very very close to Starmer as is Sue Gray and I think you know caution won the day and I think this is a very (laughs) this is very bad for Ed Miliband's prospects in a Starmer government I'm sure they'll give him a job maybe they won't but you know it Miliband's ambition to turn Starmer's labor into a green engine of change is is now if not dead then certainly yeah on the sidelines yeah so I mean, let, let's just briefly make the case for the defence. Yes, because there is a case for the defence. Yeah. yeah, OK. The, the case for the defence is it, the number is arbitrary um, and they are going to stick to the creation of a state-owned energy company to invest in renewable power. The insulation programme for homes seems in doubt, which is worrying, I think. But there'll be a sovereign wealth fund to oversee decarbonisation of industries and... The whole idea of this is this is the basis for private investment. I think the bigger issue here is Starmer is doing something that no one has ever done before. The sheer velocity of this project. So he becomes leader in 2020 online in the midst of COVID. No one notices. Yeah. Takes this party from its worst defeat since 1935 to the very edge of power. So if he resigned today, he'd be one of the most consequential leaders the party's ever had. He's had his ups and downs. I mean, in May 2021, 
it was the Hartlepool by-election that Labour lost and Starmer considered quitting then That's you right. know and yeah. now look, look where we are you know 20 point lead in the polls and just to pin down the the importance of that because in the context of this conversation is that many people believe that this big green ambition was born from that defeat the sense of we've yes. got to do something we've big got we've to got, got to have a story Absolutely. and that's why it's depressing to me is that it is to lose the ambition at this point seems crazy so, so okay but just yeah, sort of okay. finish off the the defence case. Yeah. Um, Sorry, my lord. Yes. No, 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 no. Because I, I it's just to exp- yeah. I, I'm more sort of inside Keir Starmer's brain, really, yeah. than, yeah. than yeah. this is what I think. This that period then coincided with you know not just the pandemic but the long tail of its impact, the trust quasi quoting economic disaster, the economic shockwaves of the Ukraine, and indeed of the Middle East now continually, and I think the sort of cherry on the top is it's quite clear that uh, Jeremy Hunt and Sunak are planning a scorched earth fiscal policy. You know, if there's any fiscal headroom, it's going to get spent on pre-election tax cuts. And that's going to leave an incoming Labour government with a horrible fiscal inheritance. So that's kind of the... And I think one one final side note, which hasn't really been uh, mentioned, but but just in terms of the emotional mix of this, Labour's top brass are spooked by Trump's return Mm. because the idea that he might win again or indeed he's going to be the Republican nominee upsets their sense of how things work and who can blame them and it it encourages probably irrationally and deepens their fear that the Tories might somehow defy the rules of gravity and snatch a fifth successive term in office yeah and you can see why? Because Labour has modelled a lot of its economic policy on Biden and Biden is getting no joy from that at all. Yeah. So that's the case for the defence. Yeah. Then I think... Let's make move... the case for the prosecution. Let's make the case for the prosecution. Because right, the case for the prosecution is, and this isn't necessarily my opinion, but it's something that I have a lot of sympathy with, is that nobody knows what Keir Starmer stands for. There's an argument to say that Keir Starmer will stand for anything that gets him to a position where he wants to be in the short term and that he's very good at dropping things the minute they become inconvenient. And you're not looking at a man who is going to be able to drag Britain in all its sorry state into a new place of ambition and growth. And the bigger complication around the case for the defence is that the other half of Labour's strategy is that all of their economic promises are based on industrial growth, on, on yes. us becoming a new powerhouse. Very much as the Chinese decided 20 years ago they were going to be leaders in car battery technology and now we are seeing that come to fruition and a generation yeah. of Chinese uh, power in industrial technologies. This was what was on the table with this 28 billion quid. Very was this, much so. But it's not just like saying, well, we're not going to spend that because there's lots of other things tied into that spend. All the jobs it was going to create, all of the new tax revenues it was going to create that they'd be able to spend on fixing our lousy infrastructure. So the whole growth, all the ships rising with the tide, well, they've just taken the plug out of the canal. Yeah. I mean, I I think that is more dangerous than the inconsistency charge. So the left, I mean, the Owen Jones type of columnists are saying, you know, January 2020, you promised that you would be Corbyn light, if you like. And it's true. He did. Uh, Starmer did. And then he ditched all those promises when he yeah, became leader. That's right. I don't think the, the, the electorate 
gives two hoots about that. I don't think they're probably know, quite relieved. They're probably quite relieved. Yeah. I mean, you know, he had to do it to become a leader. It's not necessarily the most his finest hour, but I don't think that is the problem. It is true that flip flops can be very dangerous. John Kerry in 2004 presidential election was pummeled with the flip-flop charge by George Bush's team in it and it did make an impact but I don't think that's the problem here I think the problem is here is what you said mm. which is not inconsistency but but vacuity there's no there there yeah now <laughs> his defenders say yes there is you know he's believes in human rights and decency and integrity and uh, more intervention in government but remember when he said you know he wants government to tread more lightly in people's that's lives right. that's ridiculous yeah. uh, at this stage so it also speaks to what kind of an election this is. And I think that here, here's where it gets really sort of fundamental, which is, yeah, you know, there, there, is a, there is a case which is the Tories are just rubbishing themselves out of power. Why interrupt your enemy? Why is making a mistake? Mm. That old chestnut. But the other argument is that being bulletproof is in this particular case not as good as being inspiring that yeah. this is a change election yeah and if he ditches this he better have some other things he needs to, to offer listen we are in you know i remember i cut was it piers morgan talking to rishi sunak on a play but i think rishi sunak walked onto a plane and found himself sat next to piers yeah. morgan on a long haul flight and piers went out and obviously tweeted the conversation out but said that he'd said to Sunak, you need to start playing some shots. You need yes. to, it's like basball in cricket. You know, you've, you've got a moribund government. You've got a nation that's bored sick of you. You need to do something exciting. Yes. And the same applies to Starmer. You know, he needs to play shots. Let's assume that all of their fears about, you know, a last minute kind of Tory revival are unfounded. Because I think that's a, a safe assumption, right? If ever there was one. I think so, yeah. So, so let's assume that's the case. He it is what he's really presenting is well actually just more of the same but a little less callous a little less less Tory. Well, it absolutely depends who you ask. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, which is an unsatisfactory answer, but it's the best I got. Which yeah. is there are two views in in his sort of circle. One is uh, an, an increasing alarm that, to your point, he doesn't actually have a a, a, a big plan. Cat B, Cat P, yeah. right. The other is, no, 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 watch the way he's evolved since the defeat in 2019. You know, this is a guy who knows how to get from A to B to C. He's a very pragmatic politician. He's not, he's, you know, he's just not in his nature to, you know, he doesn't have the rhetoric or the charisma of a Blair. And I think that there's a fundamental misunderstanding baked into this, which is 97 was a very different kind of election because, yes, it was a change election, but... Blair could afford to do things because, be quite cautious, because the economy was relatively good and people were, they were receptive to the emotion of New Labour, New Britain. This is going to be a change. We're going to, you know, really it was just, we're going to have capitalism, but with social justice. That's really as far as most people got. This time, the election of 2024 is going to be an election about really hardcore issues, you know, cost of living, you know, people who haven't got enough to eat, mm. um, people who are unable to get an appointment at the NHS, yeah. you know, public services on their knees, yeah. you know, uh, Brexit clearly not working. Yeah. A whole ro- range of issues around migration that are potentially toxic. I mean, 
not to speak of what we started off with, you know, which is the fact that the planet is burning. He needs to be careful because the level of, I mean, you know, we've both cast our minds back to how, as you've just said, Britain felt in 97. It yeah. felt like, okay, we're on an upswing now. Yes. You know, and, and and there were plenty of people all over the country who were in a really bad place. But there was a general sense in the media, in the in the streets, I think, well, at least things are changing now. Yes. And, and that's desperately what we need now. Yes. We, in fact, I think we probably need it more now than we did in 97 we've had 13 years of crushing austerity of bad political decisions like brexit there's no there's no positive outlook and we need a guy who can come along and say here's a brighter future right maybe not a bright future but it's going to be brighter yes and here's here's the mission and again for you know it just seems crushingly depressing that in in an election year you've got a guy who's clearly a pragmatic guy, but acting in the most pragmatic kind of... Technocratic. Technoc- that's the word I'm searching for. Thank you. The most technocratic manner by saying, well, we can't afford to do that now. You know, Well, I'm sorry, mate. We need something to project yeah. ourselves forward. I mean, you, you, you can't rely... I mean, he's a technocrat. Yeah. You know, that this is part of the problem is that... And in a way... There's an element of me which thinks, well, good, because I'd like to have someone in Downing Street. I mean, he, you know, he makes a lot of the fact that he was director of public prosecutions probably too much. But the idea that there's going to be a prime minister probably who has run something which is not to do with just raising millions of dollars for himself, for himself and his family. Uh, is quite yeah. reassuring. So, you know, a safe pair of hands, you know, it, it's right now it seems like a pretty yeah. attractive Scenario. He's very lucky, isn't he, against his opposi- the he, he opposition is. he's and, and, found himself and that's, with. And that's totally it, Matt, I think, which yeah. is that it's not going to get better than this. No. You know, these this year, okay, sort of from now until, let's say, the fir- you know, the first couple of months of government, we're assuming a lot here, but if he has a honeymoon period, this is it. I mean, after that, it's the sheer grind of trying to get anything done at all, followed by the horror show of trying to get re-elected yeah. that's right and I, I don't think he will have a minute's honeymoon period no, I, think. I, I, I remember a right, front page actually. on the mirror that we did I think it was the I think it was Tony Blair's third victory and it was and the front page said well done what the now what are you lot smiling about yeah, C- yeah crack on agree. and get on yeah, with it yeah. and I think that'll be the mood will be right start fixing it now mate yes I mean the expectations on his shoulders whether he likes it or not yeah are crushing yeah i think they're greater than those on thatcher in 79 actually because yeah. i think Thatcher was brought in to kind of be a corrective to the 70s to put it slightly glibly mm. starmer is being what people expect from starmer and labor is a totally new approach to the state to citizenship to what it having a fair shake you know the whole idea that Everyone has deserves a, f- a fair shake. Yeah. Our relationship in, with Europe, even if it doesn't absolutely involve, critical, you know, even if it doesn't involve initially a sort of application for re, you know renewed renewed membership, that that we are yeah. back in the European mix. But I and I just as because obviously it's you know we're very very keen on on that point on the new European and I think people there's a sense amongst a lot of people that Brexit's gone away as an issue yeah, well, and I definitely agree with this idea that you can't just keep re-legislating it as you yeah, as you, you can't said. go back and relitigate it and but, say you know you were wrong in 2016 but that yeah. that isn't the question no 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 and the the question is how do we 
What next? Acknowledge the damage that, that Brexit has caused this country and how do we go about repairing yeah. it? And that's that's crucial. And he seems to be timid about addressing that. I Cl- think. Clinton always used to say, you know, I'm in the future business. You know, yeah. where's the effect of the person that owns the future wins? Yeah. And I think that's 100% correct. And it's especially yeah. correct for a progressive party. Yeah. So the nightmare here is the idea that Labour comes in with a healthy majority but proves to be dull, technocratic, cautious. And by the by the third year of its parliamentary term, people are saying, well, you know, you're not yeah. doing anything. And suddenly populism becomes yeah. appealing again. Yeah. And so, if and if if they if their answer is, well, we couldn't afford to do anything, some people will say, well, you should have you should have been bolder with the bets you were placing. And one of the bets you could have placed is enormous bet on the future of yes. Britain as a green powerhouse. Yes. And, and that's the thing you've taken away today. And, so. and, you know, politics, government is hard. You know, the old Kennedy line, not because it is easy, but because it's hard. You know, yeah, Starmer yeah. needs to show that's right. that he has some audacity. That's right. I mean, we've made this point before. Kennedy didn't know that didn't you know. could get to the moon. No. Had no idea. No but he said, idea. But he said, we're going to the moon. We're going to the moon. Now, and- Sunak's saying... I don't know how to get to the moon, so we've put it on hold. So, he, you know, he's, he talks about his missions, right? Sorry, not Sunak, Starmer, I meant so to Starmer, say. Yeah. Yeah. So Starmer talks about his five bloody missions, right? And, yeah. and that's in, uh, influenced to a great extent by the brilliant economist Mariana Mazzucato, who wrote a good book about economics, comparing it to the moonshot. But it's precisely not like a moonshot what Starmer is doing. Yeah. It's let's stay on Earth. That's right. And build, let's just take an Uber uh, instead. And take an Uber and yeah. not go to the moon. We'll be an Uber economy. We'll be an Uber economy. And I think he's not going to change. He's not yeah. going to. He's never going to be Blair in yeah. his sort of charismatic. And I think that's probably a good thing because you, you you don't want to retrofit leadership around an old one. But at the same time. I'm not sure there's a full consciousness of what is going to land on his desk no. from day one. Yeah. You know, the public are unbelievably fed up. Yeah. They are unbelievably hard up. Do you know what they are, mate? They're so fucking bored. And they are unbelievably so bored. bored of all so this shit. That's key, which is yeah. he has a minuscule yeah. window of opportunity. Yeah. And I would say it starts now. And, and not to over-egg the... The moonshot analogy, but it does seem to me there's there's something in that wonderful story. I, I think I, I think it's a true story. It may be apocryphal, but in I think it was in 1962 and Kennedy, having announced this mission, is touring the NASA facilities and walks up to a janitor and says to him, "And what are you do doing here?" And the man replies, "I'm putting a man on the moon." Yeah, and it was the sense that everybody had a role to play and everybody knew where they were going and what their... They had a stake. They had a stake in it and they were on board with it. And the national spirit, and that, of course, was what Kennedy was trying to drive at in going to the moon. It wasn't to to play golf on the moon. It was to give a nation a sense of purpose and mission. And that's what he achieved magnificently. And, you know, where is the sense of mission today? The thing that worries me is that... And the word narrative is overused, but sometimes it's applicable and it is in this case, which is that by really 96 at the latest, there was a pretty clear new Labour narrative. We kind of you kind of felt that what the direction of travel was going to be. It might be a bit slower than you'd want, but you knew where they were going. I don't really 
know what lies on the other side of election no, day and, no. and by now we should we should have a very strong clue very strong i mean known it's coming there should be this sense i mean as there was in in that period of blair's leadership 94 to 97 of this juggernaut yeah cultural and economic and political juggernaut heading towards the finishing yeah. line yeah. and and you know the irony is that starmer has the pole lead but the juggernaut is nowhere yeah. to be seen that's right and today it's uh, you know one of part of the juggernaut is going to be taken out and ditched by the road very interesting times all right well thank you so much for sticking with us during that conversation we'll be going to take a quick break now and back in a couple of moments So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day our shortest reigning monarch was executed. Then on Tuesday, we tell the true story behind Cool Runnings. On Wednesday, the legendary feud between Hollywood's gossip queens. On Thursday, the day Delia said we should cook with tins and Britain went mad. And on Friday, we uncover the story of the 13th century monk who came face to face with the Mongols. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts matt i've got a question for you do you know on our fabulous range of merchandise what is the most popular thing we've sold on the new europeans shop i think i know but you tell me i'll tell you what it is it's a bollocks to brexit passport That's cover what I'd imagine. Uh, do you know how many we've sold in the I, last two I years imagine a fair, fair few two and a half thousand it's uh, brilliant I mean, they're terrific vegan leather it's called which actually does look like leather it's bergen pleather is it pleather is it pleather i don't know yeah vegan actually vegan leather may be more cool than it's more pleather. leathery than yeah yes. anyway it's been nowhere near a cow that's the main thing no um no bovine mutilation was involved. not at all it looks passingly like a like an old-fashioned uh european passport oh, it's burgundy and it's got that gold embossed crest on it love it except on the crest it says bollocks to brexit and it. it's all very uh subtle and nice and funny anyway we've sold loads of them people love them and Guess what? It's going to be our subscription offer for the next few weeks. Happy so days. When new subscribers join the New European for as little as a pound a week, for which you get all of our digital content, all of your brilliant culture newsletters, everything we do online, and full archive of newspapers and great features. Or if they spend another pound a week, they get the newspaper, which has a retail price of £4.50. You can get it for an extra pound a week delivered to your door every week for just one pound a week you'll get a free bollocks to brexit passport cover fantastic what could be better i don't think anything imagine standing in the queue to passport control imagine ostentatiously it. Waving just imagine your bollocks to brexit passport the sheer cover. sense of national pride you're in that and queue for about an hour and a half international now. pride and joy <laughs> yeah. anyway if you want to take up this fantastic offer go to the new european.co.uk forward slash two mats that's the number two m-a-t-t-s do it now while stocks last ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So, Matt, we spent ages talking about moonshots and Kennedy and great, Ameri- <laughs> great American events. Let's talk about another, another one. Another great American event. Well, uh, this Sunday is the Super Bowl which is uh, being held in Las Vegas, and it's uh, Kansas City Chiefs versus San Francisco 49ers. Are you you a gridiron fan? I have seen matches, and I absolutely, or games, I absolutely love it. I'm not, I can't claim to understand the, the, it is a very, very complicated game. Steve Anglesey, the editor of the New European, is absolutely obsessed with it. I mean, it is, it is, it is an extraordinary spectacle. And just to put the the scale of the Super Bowl, uh, last year, 113 million people watched it is that right so just to put that in perspective i just checked the 100 only in the 2020 presidential election 155 million voted so the difference between the two is not that great incredible so it's a very big moment in the american cultural political calendar and this year is particularly interesting isn't there it? are lots of aspects to it okay the first thing to get out of the way is that in a very telling and a, and a worrying decision joe biden turned down the opportunity to do the exclusive pre-game interview. So Joe Biden turned down 113 or plus million, for reasons we'll go on to probably more this year, uh, a viewership of that. Wow. Trump said, oh, I'll do it, you know, and um, I don't think they said, no, no, we only like the incumbent president, which was probably triggering because he says he thinks he, uh, you know. But to get to the main point, it's a bigger deal than usual because Taylor Swift, she is dating the Kansas City Chiefs tight end. And that's the guy, uh, before anyone makes any carry-on jokes, who (laughs) catches passes from the quarterback and blocks for the running backs. And his name is Travis Kelsey. It's actually Travis Kels. Well, ah, So he says. So he, well... I've heard an interview where he says Kels. I'll I'll go with I'll All go right. with Travis Kelce, but Travis. Right. Let's call him Travis. Let's call him Travis. Trav, yeah. Trav Tay, right? <laughs> and she's been seen at twelve games, and it's pushing up the ratings of of uh, the Chiefs uh, games. And of course, in this year of all years, the Democrats are longing for her to endorse Biden. Yeah, she won. She became the first uh, musical artist to win the Grammy for the album of the year four times uh, the other day. Yeah. Midnight's. 
uh, I'm told I got some intel, which is that Universal, which sort of is poor, you know, ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching from her, yeah. is terrified that she will back the Democrats because a lot of, although we we associate Taylor Swift with a, quite a modern audience, quite a young audience, she came from country and western. Yeah. So a lot of good old boys. Yeah, she moved to Nashville as a she kid, did. didn't she? Yeah. And, and, you know, she started off with, the, you know, cowboy boots and a guitar, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Singing about, you know, losing your dog and your wife and you, <laughs> God damn. And, and so, you know, there's this terror that if she says, you know, I want Joe Biden to win, yeah. um, red state America will say, will turn against God her, damn. Yeah. I, I think they wouldn't because she's actually made her uh, affection for the Democrats very clear. Yeah. But the power of the woman is amazing. She did one post last year on, on social media that led just that post to 35 voter 35,000 voter registrations. Incredible. Good I mean, for her. Good for her. You yeah. know. And now we get to the fun, which is the crazy Republicans, which is <laughs> perhaps tautologists these days, um, say it's all part of a deep state plot yeah. to rig the game and get Biden re-elected. So one of our favorite characters from the dark side Vivek Ramaswamy, former presidential contender and now utter brown noser to Trump. Yeah tweeted, I wonder if there's a major presidential endorsement coming from an artificially culturally propped up cop- couple this fall. <laughs> and then Laura Loomer, who's utterly batshit, uh, Trumpite, failed congressional candidate, said that it was an election interference psyop. Yeah. So, I mean, this, they're, they're serious. <laughs> they think there's, there's a con- genuine conspiracy, isn't it? Not, yes. a, not only that they are like a Mickey Mouse couple that they're they've been real, put yeah. together. But also that the Kansas City Chiefs have been allowed to get to the yes, final of so the Super this Bowl. Can, so know, this they can have the fulsome now, stage. One should me- mention in passing <laughs> that it's not even certain that uh, Tay-Tay will make it because she's got a gig in she's Tokyo. Torn, she? yeah, yeah? yeah, And so it's it's logistically possible that she can get a private jet from Tokyo to Vegas then back to her next gigs yeah. but she might say she probably will do she it, probably yeah. will turn up I do you think thought. she will yeah. well you know they're very I you know wedding bells yeah. you know. she's not do they have they announced who does because the big halftime show is, is no, one of the biggest that's events the big, that's isn't it the big, she mean, wouldn't do that would she I doubt it because she'll be exhausted from the yeah, flight yeah. poor Taylor but it, it occurred to me that you know this is sort of these sort of things are easy to laugh off you know because we talk you know we're used to talking about the primaries and the air war on the media and party politics and policy but there's also this very strange american election is quite you know it can be understood it's cultural battle lines so Mm. if you look at it the nfl the american football body trump hates the nfl he tried he's often tried and failed to own an nfl team and he's got beef with them right and he during his presidency he got very angry with a lot of nfl players overtaking the knee you yes 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 and the same with the nba didn't like the fact that they were taking the knee the basketball association uh, exactly and got into a feud crazy with yeah. Le- lebron james of the lakers who yeah, is one yeah. of the biggest cultural sporting icons in the, in the world yeah. in the world yeah and a co-share owner of liverpool football club exactly much to his credit another example yeah um and then, you know, his endless wars with the Hollywood and entertainment world, which were um, captured on Saturday Night Live last yeah. Saturday, where yeah. Nikki Haley, yeah. his great, you know, bet noir who still won't drop out of the Republican race, appeared on Saturday on SNL. And Trump's obsessed by SNL. 
He hates he hate, hates all the impersonations that are done on it. And he at one point threatened SNL with a federal probe. You know, really? it, yes, yes, because yes. Uh, the what's the actor's name? Well, it was Alec Baldwin, Alec I think, at that point. Yeah, but yeah, it was, yeah. but also the whole thing was sort yeah. of taking the piss out of him, and he hated it. Yeah, so yeah. you know, he he watches SNL, but then that sounds like a pretty big cultural sway that, that yeah. love that 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 love Biden and you know hate Trump. But there's a whole kind of stratum of blue collar culture and pageantry that he owns met- metaphorically. So first of all, the WWE wrestling, yeah. massive, massive sport in America and well, sport entertainment. Yeah. And Vince McMahon, who's the founder of uh, Trump, is in the Hall of Fame of the WWE. I'm not surprised. It's all fake. Yeah, of no, of course he is. He is. Of no, course he is. But I mean, he's the fake master the, general. The, the, you could do a whole podcast on on Trump <laughs> yeah. and, and the WWE. Um, yeah. Vince McMahon, who founded it, and you know, has, uh, had to step down last month following long series of allegations of sex trafficking and sexual assault. Oh dear. He is one of the few people in the world, apparently, according to McMahon's biographer, who tr- whose calls Trump will take straight off. Really? There's only two or three in the whole really? world. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that's one. The other is UFC, mixed martial arts, which is one of the biggest growing sports yeah, in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, And he's been to fights. And Dana White, who's the president and CEO of the UFC, is a huge pal and he has spoken at he spoke at the 2016 and the 2020 Republican convention. I had no White. idea about that. Yeah. It's incredible. And then and that is an enormously popular It is very sport. big, yeah. you know, and a lot of UFC fighters really like Trump. Wow. Not least the well-known the notorious Conor McGregor. Does he? Yeah. So more that, disappointment from Conor McGregor. I'm afraid yeah. so. Well, you see they like that they're, they're by definition they're quite Darwinian. Yeah. They don't like they don't like weakness and yeah. Trump doesn't like weakness. So yeah. And then finally, uh, just to close it off, NASCAR, of the, 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 the most, most racing thing. And he's been a grand marshal at the Daytona International. He's driven around the track. You know. So what I'm, what I'm really saying is that what you, what you see in America is not just a battle between two parties, two ideologies, two tribes. There's also a sort of big cultural war. And I think the, the, the fact that it's all kind of it's all landed on the Super Bowl is very apt, actually. Amazing. You know, yeah. It really is interesting. Amazing. And Taylor Swift continues to grow in importance, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, she does. I mean, not just... I mean, okay, I think we were asked the other... On another show where we Swifties on one of our Q&A yeah. shows. And, and I think I, for the sake of, like, to ingratiate myself with all my children, Taylor I said, Swift. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see, yeah. But I, I am getting a bit kind of tight. They all do start to sound a bit the same to me now, which... Maybe that's just my sort of middle age. Well, I, I mean, tone I, I, I find but... a few of them quite, you know, fun. Right? Yeah, the songs. Yeah. They are very samey to me. Yeah. But look, to quote Mr. Blair, Mr. Tony, what <laughs> yeah. counts is what works, and it <laughs> yeah. apparently works. I mean, this tour she's on—it's made a billion dollars, hasn't it? More, Has I it? think. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. I mean, it, it, it. She is that overused word, a phenomenon. Do you think we can get her on the podcast? Oh, I mean, I think. We can. <laughs> Just ask, say the date. It should be over. <laughs> she is. I have to. Um, this, this is true. If you watch her interviews, she's very funny. Yeah. That I mean, it, you see that behind this whole phenomenon, there is a incredibly smart oh, intellect sure. and, be, yeah. and sense yeah. of strategy. Yeah. You know, and, and she's found a location for herself yeah. in the culture, which is, as you say, just growing and growing. Yeah. And, I can't and, think of the like of it. Really. And recently. the the. Uh, there's a definite fierce, fierce loyalty to her from from her fans. We had friends around for dinner the other night, and they've got uh, they've got 
countless daughters who are all Taylor Tay-tay. Swift fans, you know, and I think they're going abroad to see yes. them. And I sort of expressed kind of wound them up a bit by saying, well, oh, they're all the bloody same, those songs. And the, oh, no, 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 no you they're don't, not, mate. You, know? <laughs> you don't be dissing the Tay-Tay. No, 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 it's, it's, no. A, it's a real, I mean, you know, I've, I've got friends who've paid colossal sums of money to see her in the European yeah. leg of it. Yeah. And, and, and are very serious about it. Incredible. You know? so it's, 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 I mean, look, uh, she's not my favourite musical act, right? Yeah. But I, but I wish her well, I think. Of course. And, and anyone who winds up Trump to the extent that she does... She gets a free pass. ...has got yeah. to have a free pass. God, you know, God love her, as Fantastic. Biden would say. Well, that, I think, draws our show to a close. It does, Was yeah. Was there anything we, didn't, we wanted to talk about? We could have taken the mickey out of Rishi Sunak. Well, and, I think we should record know. our disgust at Rishi, actually, yeah, because, yeah. you know, I've, I've been quite turfy about the trans issue in in my writing but i think his he, he was he was having a go at starmer at pmqs on wednesday about all the flip-flops and he made a very crass reference to the the, the lack of completeness of starmer's position on trans ideology and there was something incredibly tasteless about that because we're coming up to the first anniversary of uh Brianna Gay, who's a trans, transgender girl, was murdered almost exactly a year ago on February 11th last year uh, in Cheshire. And Brianna's mother was in the mm. Commons at that time. We don't know whether she was actually in the gallery, but there's, you know, not to just be sensitive to that. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think, yes, disgraceful, totally crass. Truly, crass and disgraceful and yeah. frankly typical of everything we have always said about him, which is that he's a rubbish politician. And the other piece of absolute shit behaviour was the Piers Morgan interview. Again, yes. Piers gets two mentions in this podcast. Piers interviewed Rishi Sunak and does what Piers does very, very well, which is kind of chum up to people to the extent yeah, he, that they feel excellent. that they feel that they're in a very kind of matey relationship and then Piers drops the killer line well I'll bet you a thousand quid a thousand quid by Mm -hmm. the way I'll bet you a thousand quid you can't get any asylum seekers on a plane to Rwanda well I want to get them on the plane well I'll bet you a thousand quid you take the bet and eventually Sunak shakes Piers hand takes the bet so obviously wanting to be what a dickhead wanted to be loved by the bros right secondly no prime minister in this particular context should take any bet yeah, least of all for a grand, a thousand right? quid. Imagine yeah. what that is to huge numbers of people. Yeah. yeah, and third, you know, the idea of taking a bet on, over on people's lives, putting human beings on a plane what a to to Rwanda. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the, you know, uh, we I think yeah. you know, or, you know, from the start said how disgusted we are by the policy, but to to bet about it. Do you know uh, Emily Maitlis on the News Agents podcast? I think she nailed it. She said that it was almost like he had been overcome by Piers's machismo and that he wanted to be, you know, it was a, it was like a macho challenge. Well, I'll bet you a thousand yeah. quid. Well, I, I'm not going to back away from that, buddy. Yes, well, I mean, as, as we know, Sunak is well hard. Um, it was just pathetic. No, well, it reminded me... I mean, me... fancy not, but Matt, just, just fancy not. The first response in a politician's head being, "I don't bet." Or, I don't. I'm not. I, and I said I'm not, not betting on something, something as like serious that. Yes. as that. How, yeah. what Come a, on, Piers. What a ridiculous suggestion! Yes. Grow up. Inst- uh, oh no, Piers. It, remi- yeah, it reminded me in that respect of his um, unbelievably toe curling 
you know, world historic cringe interview with Elon Musk at part of oh. the highlight of his AI summit. Yeah, you know, what a low point. Where, you know, there's Elon talking nonsense about various things and Rishi sitting there with his leg, you know, short trousers dang- dangling over the, the edge of the seat going, tell us why you're going to yeah, you're not yeah, yeah. amazing, you yeah. know, writing in his physics revision Pathetic. notes. No, I mean, this guy's our prime minister yeah. for a bit longer anyway, at the very sad. least. It, so so sad. What a loser. Sad. What a loser. Anyway. Anyway. Hey, you've got some news this week. What about uh, what we're have doing you? for the new year period? Yes, you have. Well. Tell the good folks. Okay. So as of Friday, all subscribers to the new European. That's w- today, by the way, because they're exactly listening to this on Friday. On yeah. Friday. Yeah. All subscribers to the new European, underlined, yeah. will receive the new uh, culture recommendations we launched in this week's print hey, edition yeah, of the yeah. new european uh five days early yeah on friday so you can have it for the weekend and this is matt dancona's culture. tip sheet culture tip sheet and tip it'll sheet. be <laughs> i'm sorry and uh <laughs> the the uh tip sheet sneak preview the lead this week is going to be uh matt smith and enemy of the people which i went to see last night which was awesome uh but it'll be lots of things and we'll also get new european people including i hope yourself matt to yeah. to shipping with recommendations but also we hope that readers will and uh, listeners and listeners will send in their own please do and uh, it, it launches friday today and but you can yeah you can subscribe uh, as we you'll have heard in the in the uh, midway slot you can subscribe to the new european and get a great deal and our bollocks to brexit passport cover is back as a free offer so that's all Great news, but when you subscribe, you can sign up to Matthew yes. Dancona's Culture Newsletter, and we'll talk about it. We should talk about the highlights yeah, in what's, the podcast what's, what's, now what's, and again. What's, huh? what's coming up? And, you know, the, there is, um, just looking at the, the weeks and months ahead, it's yes. going to be, you know, for all the gloom and doom and... Great things, antidote. We should have called it Antidote. Antidote. Yeah. Well, that's a better we can, name. We can, we can still change it. Antid- you know, Ma- Matthew Dancona's the Antidote. The magic of the digital world. Maybe that's a better we name. We don't have to stop the presses. We'll think about that. We'll think us. about that one. But uh, I, I, and I really would like people to chip in because, you know, it's, there's nothing better than getting a great recommendation from someone. And you can give your uh, recommendations to Matt uh, or you can give feedback to us about this show and give us any questions for our regular Sunday morning Q&A episode by emailing us at twomats at tnepublishing.com. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S at tnepublishing.com. Or if you listen, of course, on Spotify, and you can listen to this anywhere, but if you do listen on Spotify, you can message us there. And that's exactly what Manny did. And he says, love the podcast, but will the two mats please one day, one day disagree about something? No. Yes, we will. <laughs> yes, we bloody well will. No, we won't. No, we won't. Oh, well, all right. Don't forget your subscription offer at theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. Thank you as ever to our production team this week, led by Ollie Peart at Rethink Audio. And until next week. It's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.